Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. The Doug Wright Show, where Utah news breaks on KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 1160 AM. Okay, we got to lighten up. We got to have some fun here. And m- many of us, uh, myself included, along with family, we're kind of kicking around different ideas and things to do, places to see, and what, where to go in the state of Utah. And I thought it was interesting. This is at uh, KSL.com. Which Utah attraction is best? With the weather warming up and summer fast approaching, it's the perfect time to plan a road trip. Now, we have this on our Doug Wright Show Facebook page right now, and we invite you to uh, participate. And which Utah attraction is best? You can leave your idea, you can comment, you can vote in the KSL.com poll. And I thought, really, to set the stage, because we're talking Utah here. We're talking within the boundaries of Utah. So we need our song as motivation. Land of the mountains high, Utah, we love thee. Land of the sunny sky, Utah. In robes of state, dressed, Utah, we love thee. Well, I hope everybody stood right then. Uh, unless, of course, you were driving, then it would be wise to stay seated. So this is the time for us to determine where do we go. Now, I want to hear from you. Uh, there, it's kind of a, a bracketed thing. When you, when you go to ksl.com, you'll see the brackets, and each week we'll be updating this. Uh, so basically, round thirty-two uh, is uh, today, is, or is that tomorrow? Which dates are we talking about here? I'm I'm looking at. I think I obviously should have done more homework on this. Round thirty-two will be posted, then following by the Sweet Sixteen on May sixteenth. Yeah, okay. Now I'm back into it. Then it will be the Elite Eight on May eighteenth. The Final Four will take place on May twenty-third, and the Championship Round on May twenty-fifth. Remember when we did this with best cities? A little while ago, well, and St. George, by the way, came up, named Utah's best city. Now, there there was a population gauge on that. Otherwise, that certainly would have been Eureka. And I don't think Eureka is on this uh, short list of 64 best attractions in Utah, which, by the way, is a mix of parks and ski resorts and museums and more. The attractions were recommended by the Utah Office of Tourism as either being among the most visited places in the state or a must-see stop. So, 
The burden now falls on your shoulders. I want to hear from you at KSL Talk 575-8255. What is the must-see attraction in the state of Utah? Now, we can take that two different directions. If you were to have visitors come in from out of state that never been here before, and they said, okay, I want to see the number one thing, what would it be? Now, for you, a native of Utah who has perhaps or someone who has lived in Utah for some time and you want to see something new, maybe you've got this destination you've always wanted to hit, what would it be? All right, KSL Talk is our number, 5758255. From Utah County, it is 470KSL1 and 670KSL1 from Weber and the northern parts of Salt Lake, uh, of uh, northern parts of uh, Davis County and Weber County. There we go. <laughs> I got distracted reading one of the comments that's up here. I'm kind of wondering where that came from. All right, I want to hear from you. Now, for me, Oh, man, I have so many places that I love in this state. When I was a kid, do you know what I absolutely loved? If my grandpa and my mom and grandma said that we were going to dinosaur land, that was it for me. As a kid, I loved dinosaur land. I loved to go up to the quarry, uh, which was relatively new at that time. I loved to stay in the motels in Vernal and swim in the pools. That was heaven for me. Now, as as an adult, I have to admit, rediscovering some of our state parks and our national parks, I just absolutely love that. My son and I, not long ago, we did Zion and Bryce. I absolutely love Bryce. I have a really good friend down there with Ruby's Inn and also he's the former mayor of Tropic. And uh, he really, really uh, pointed out some great, great things in Bryce Canyon that I love. But I have to tell you, I think one of our underappreciated national parks in this great state is uh, is Capitol Reef. I love Capitol Reef. And there are other things, too. Here's, some, here's a place I'll bet you've never – well, I, I'd, I'd be curious. And if you have, back me up on this. Paul Bunyan's Woodpile. How many of you have ever been to Paul Bunyan's Woodpile? It's uh, it's out in Joab County. It's uh, in between Eureka and uh, Jericho, a little closer to the Jericho end of it. And it's a, it's an easy hike. It's it's a nice hike, but an easy hike. And you go up and you see these old lava tubes that are stacked up like cordwood. It, and now I have to admit, when I took my boys up there many many years ago. And we walked up and we rounded a corner and I thought, well, now, is that it? I mean, I, I, I see it, but is, is that it? Well, you hike a little bit further up uh, the, the trail and all of a sudden, wow, you go, okay, now this is really cool. So there are just a few things that pop to mind for me. I want to hear from you. KSL Talk is our number, 575-8255 from Utah County. It's 470-KSL1 and 670-KSL1 from Weber in the northern parts of Davis County. i got to stop giving the phone numbers while I'm reading some of the texts. This person said Delicate Arch in Arches National Park, no question. Seriously, that is one of the coolest places in the universe, and the hike is so much fun up there. Uh, This person said, uh, oh, hey, they've got to visit the Zion Curtain. Ooh, a little snarkiness there. Goblin Valley. Boy, this person said Goblin Valley. Absolutely. And have you ever been up at Goblin Valley? Now the the park theoretically closes, what is it, 8 o'clock at night, something like that? 
But if you go up there at a time of year when it's just getting dark and the sun is going down around Goblin Valley, just amazing. All right, let's take a brief break. When we come back, what are the best attractions in the state of Utah? You have absolutely got to see this. Inquiring minds want to know. 575-8255 is our number. Uh, Coming up, too, we'll be talking about marijuana. Doug Wright. Doug Wright. Interrupting everything to cover breaking news. You'll hear it first on KSL News Radio. Land of the mountain time, Utah. We love thee. Land of the sunny sky, Utah. We love thee. Okay, what is the place in the state of Utah? that you are dying to see again, that you would take a visitor to this state to go see. It's the must-see. All right, let's go to our phone lines. KSL Talk is our number, 575-8255. By the way, somebody just said, now, where where is it that the uh, Paul Bunyan's woodpile is again and the uh, stack of, well, they're, they're lava tubes, and it's out in Jueb County. And it's uh, on the road if you uh, head out of Eureka and you head on down like you're going to the sand dunes. It'll be on the left up there in the mountains uh, just this side of uh, Jericho. You can also come in through Nephi and then you'd uh, you'd head in that way as well. You can Google it. I just Googled it. There's some really cool pictures. But honestly, the pictures really don't do it uh, justice. Really is quite uh, quite cool. <laughs> I saw that sign for years and years, and then it was about uh, twenty twenty five years ago. I thought I got to go see this thing, and it's pretty cool. Uh, Don is on the line in Syracuse. Hi, Don. You're on KSL. Calf Creek Falls is a great place. Death Creek Falls. Now, calf. oh, calf. I'm sorry, yeah. calf. The south Creek. of Capitol Reef. South of. I have never been there. Tell me about it. Well, you hike into it a mile or so, and it's a beautiful fall with a pool for swimming, and it's nice in the warm weather to swim in that area, and it's open to the public. Mm -hmm. And my wife suggests, however, that her favorite might be Tony Grove. Really? Now, where's that? That is up Logan Canyon, just almost in Idaho. It's a very high alpine lake, lots of trees, hiking, fishing, boating. Nice campsite. Isn't it amazing the beautiful things we have here in the state of Utah? It is. We really do have just incredible spots. Hey, I've got to take you up on uh, Calf Creek Falls, right? Yep, Google okay. it. All right. Hey, I'm, as a matter of fact, we've got a picture of it up right now because our producer did exactly that and put a picture of Calf Creek Falls up, and that is beautiful. I, I am surprised. You know, everybody's texting in. I'm getting tons of texts and messages on our um, on our Doug Wright Show Facebook page. But I, I'd love to hear from you, get the descriptions from you. Where would you take a visitor? 575-8255 is our number. And what's on your short list of places to visit this summertime? All right, let's go to our uh, Doug Wright Show uh, uh, text message board. And this person uh, said, you've got to see the, uh, the, the copper mine. And, you know, the, the interesting thing about the copper mine right now is that there is not a former formal visitor center uh, because of that uh, slide several years ago. And as uh, many of you know, they, they kind of move the visitor center around right now, depending on what the activity is in the mine. So right now there isn't 
a formal visitor center. But, you know, if you want to see the copper mine, I don't know how many have ever gone up either Butterfield Canyon or from the Tooele side. You come up Middle Canyon. And then right there where you kind of hit that uh, that saddle and you're going to drop down the other side, there is a road that goes to the north. And it goes along the, the crest of the Ochres. And then there is an overlook up there, too. Now, you don't get the history. You don't get all the information. You don't get the gift shop, you know, things like that. But it is breathtaking. The view not only of the mine, but the view of the Tooele Valley, the view of the Salt Lake Valley, it, it is really remarkable up there. If you've never done that, and the road is much better than it, uh, than it used to be, <laughs> although even back in the day, I think I drove up there in a Chevrolet sedan. <laughs> it's a little sketchy, but I did it. Let's go to Jason in Kaysville. Hi, Jason. You're on KSL. Hi, Doug. You just you just stole my treat. Oh no, no! <laughs> the copper mine view. Yeah, up being I mean, just go up to the top there. It's, it is just beautiful. But the other thing I want to say is, it's really a shame that a lot of the really neat places that made Utah Utah, we've kind of abandoned those, like Saltaire, um, yeah. swimming the swimming areas at Saltaire, the you know even the the copper mine. They don't seem to be in a real big hurry to get the new visitor center going and just a lot of the things that really made us us yeah as we've gotten bigger and people from outside have come in they just don't seem to see that as a priority you know when whenever anybody who has had a long legacy here in utah and you go back in the old family photos am i right or am i right on this odds are there are old family photos that are taken at Saldair or garfield beach uh, places like that. And when when I was a kid, you know, the old remnants of Saldair, I can actually remember, barely, barely remember uh, going to Saldair with uh, with my my aunt and also my mom and my, my cousins. It's just one of those little shadowy memories of when I was a kid. I remember the great big roller coaster out there, which I was too young to, to ride. But then it just went into disrepair, sat there, finally burned down and it's it's a shame because somebody told me that Saldair was second only to Yellowstone for places that people wanted to visit out here in the West. Yeah, it's just a it's a shame. I I, I remember when I was a kid going, we went on field trips out to to the to the lake and went swimming and and played around and yeah. Just, I mean, before they built all the all the reservoirs during the water project, that's where everybody recreated skied out there. People don't realize you can take a motorboat out there. They have wonderful cleanup facilities at the main marina, and it, it, it's beautiful out on the middle of the lake. There's no bugs. It's just it's just gorgeous out there. Yeah, it's become more of a, of a sailing lake, hasn't it? And then, of course, up at Willard Bay, uh, there's a lot of motorboating that goes on up there in kind of that more confined area. Hey, I appreciate your phone call, Jason. KSL Talk is our number, and let's go to Bob on the line in Alpine. Okay, Bob, where's the place you've got to go in Utah this year? Well, sometimes we overlook things because they're in our backyard, and, and so I I love to take people to American Fork Canyon. You've got the uh, Timpanogos Cave. You have the back of Timpanogos. Uh, you go to Sundance. There's tons of hiking. There's there's uh, tons of uh, off-road vehicle recreation, So and it's just beautiful. It's just all yeah. the hiking and all the vistas you get, and uh you know, the infrastructure maybe needs an upgrade because it does get a little bit crowded, but uh, it's just beautiful, and it's right, you know, it's 20 minutes away from uh, American Fork or, or Alpine or Highland. 
Well, you're right. To take those roads and whether you go up over Sundance and come down into Provo Canyon or go up over Cascade Springs. And I'll tell you, on the paved roads, uh, to take that ride on a motorcycle is is absolutely breathtaking. That is a great, great uh, ride. Hey, I appreciate your phone call. Uh, by the way, this is on our Doug Wright Show Facebook page right now. Uh, this person said, hey, I'd take people out to Eureka, Doug. <laughs> well, you know, Eureka is just so obvious that, you know, I... I hadn't mentioned it yet, but uh, let's see. This person said uh, Angel's Landing in Zion and uh, Mirror Lake Highway. Oh, isn't the Mirror Lake Highway just uh, uh, breathtaking? And then this person said, and this is interesting. You know, I, I had not thought of this, but this person is right. You know, the mudslide that buried the town of Thistle, it is eerie and it's stunning. When uh, Ian was going to Snow College, you know, we drove past that, I don't know how many times, uh, going that way into San Pete County. And it is. It's really eerie. You take that turn off, like, you know, so you can head on into uh, Mount Pleasant and, uh, and San Pete. And, you know, the buildings that are there, some that are kind of half submerged. And, uh, yeah, it, it is. Uh, Warner Lake Campground near Haystack Mountain near Moab. Uh, boy, there's just so many great, great places to see in the state of Utah. We're going to leave this up uh, for a while. And don't forget, you can go to KSL.com and you can play the brackets. And we'll, uh, just like we did with the best city in Utah, we'll come up with the very, very best attraction in the state of Utah. It's on our Doug Wright Show Facebook page and also at KSL.com. The Doug Wright Show, where Utah news breaks. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM at 11:60 a.m. We just got a, a great text, and I feel like a real duh that I didn't think of this. And somebody said, "Hey, the Golden Spike uh, National uh, Area out there, the the Golden Spike would be the perfect place to visit right now, especially in light of the fact Golden Spike Monument." Uh, especially since today is the the actual day, the at least of the the calendar, May tenth. It was eighteen sixty nine. May tenth of eighteen sixty nine. The Golden Spike was driven, and everybody always says Promontory Point. It was actually Promontory Summit. Boy, you know, you mentioned Promontory Point, and all of the uh, railroad freaks just go insane. But that's when the uh, the Jupiter and the number uh, one nineteen or nineteen. Which one was it? Now, I'll get all of the railroad freaks just going, Doug, you dummy. It was the Jupiter, and I think it was the 119, wasn't it? Did I get that right? Anyway, what a what an amazing thing. Why didn't I think of that? I should have thought of that. And it, it is so much fun. I haven't been out there for probably about 10 years. But when they bring those beautiful uh, engines out that are recreations of those historic engines, it, it is an amazing just an amazing place. Uh, one thing that I wanted to talk about today, uh, we just got this news release from Relaine Fairclough at uh, AAA, and the headline is, Marijuana-Related Fatal Crashes Double After Legalization. They're specifically talking about Washington State. So I wanted to uh, to check in with uh, Rolene. And Rolene, as I read some of these statistics and some of the numbers, boy, this is uh, this is not good news. It's it's basically just uh, an increase in impaired driving, which leads to more accidents and more leads to more fatalities. Tell us a little bit about the statistics that are in the press release. 
Well, you're right. It's it's um, marijuana is just another element that's coming more and more into the focus because um, so many more states are legalizing it, either for recreational or for medical use. And so uh, it's something that we need to look at because we know it is very impairing. Uh, uh, you know, when you're behind the wheel. And what we found out is in Washington State, uh, marijuana, uh, the fatal crashes, marijuana involved fatal crashes, doubled from 8 to 17% in between 2013 and 2014. And one in six drivers involved in a fatal crash in 2014 had recently used marijuana. And so this makes us, uh, you know, in the traffic safety business, wonder how we can best uh, prevent these kinds of crashes or effectively enforce the laws uh, for in- impaired driving. And marijuana, from all the scientific evidence, is different from alcohol. So it's not as easy as alcohol to just set a limit. And then because you know a BAC limit of 0.08, you are significantly impaired. But that doesn't necessarily happen with marijuana. That, that caught my attention. There's no science showing that drivers reliably become impaired at a specific level of marijuana in the blood, and then marijuana can affect people differently, making it really challenging to develop consistent and fair guidelines. And then it was also pointed out that high THC levels may drop below the legal thresholds before a test is uh, administered to a suspected impaired driver. So there are some liabilities. What are the numbers actually telling us? How dramatic is the increase up in Washington? Well, we know that nationwide, 13% of weekend drivers have evidence of recent marijuana use, and that is up from 9%. So we're seeing, across the whole country, we're seeing increased use of marijuana. And what AAA is saying is that more importantly than the levels, than the the level in the blood, you need to train the law enforcement officers to recognize impaired driving, to recognize marijuana use, uh, physical impacts of marijuana use on the driver, and also do those roadside tests that we, you know, we hear about, you know, the turn and walk and turn and touching your nose and things like that. But there are specific guidelines, and they're outlined in in two uh, nationwide like the Advanced Roadside Impairment, Driving Enforcement, and Drug Evaluation and Classification. They outline the training that officers need to have so they can truly identify an impaired driver. Because we know that more frequent users of marijuana have blood levels that are high, but they're not impaired because they maintain those blood levels for quite a while. While an infrequent use of marijuana may have a lower blood level, but have much more extreme uh, evidence of impairment. And then also, the two hours that it takes to get a warrant and a blood test for uh, a more infrequent user, those levels go down very quickly, and so you will not be able to find uh, the true level of impairment if you only look at THC levels. Isn't it interesting, with all of the progress that we're making on some fronts, there's, there's always something new to uh, deal with. And you look at now the distracted driving 
that comes from texting, cell phone usage, uh, other electronic devices that was something that we weren't even talking about when you and I first started talking about uh, highway safety. You know, back back in the day, we've been doing this for a long, long time. And then, too, when, with the increase now of prescription drugs that are being abused, that, too, is a real impairment. And now with marijuana laws becoming, uh, if not lax, actually legalization in Colorado and, and elsewhere, it's, it's kind of a whole new ballgame. Well, you know, when legislators look at setting laws about impaired driving, dealing with drugs, they really ought to put aside the money right at the beginning to train all their police, all the law enforcement officers in the state with these, with this, these curriculums so they really do know how to effectively identify an impaired driver. Mm-hmm. Not only, like I said, the physical evidence, but also how they are conducting themselves. Uh, and and then couple that, then you can couple that with THC levels. But the first thing is to train those officers. Because um, I know in Washington, they put aside, they said they would get the money from the training from fines they collected from the marijuana infractions. Well, that put the training back a few months, you know, several months. Boy, absolutely. Yeah, if you're going to count on the funding from the fines, that means that there's a problem before you have the funding. So, you know, so up front, you need to do that training. You need to to, uh, put the money aside, you know, or to put the money there for the training for the officers. And then, uh, and then, you know, and then have them all go out, and so everybody's on an equal is on equal footing. And uh, you know, you don't want you don't want a really impaired, unsafe driver to get off, nor do you want someone who is not impaired to be wrongly convicted. So this is this is tricky. Yeah, boy, <laughs> tricky. Ab- absolutely. And and, it, and it's subtle, and you've really got to re- you know, you just can't say, okay, we want a point five percent or whatever. You know, they may you know arbitrary per se law. They need to really do a very intricate job in, in putting these laws out. Rolaine, I always appreciate you joining us here at KSL and quoting from the uh, news release. Washington legalized marijuana in December 2012. Since then, the percentage of drivers involved in fatal crashes who recently used marijuana more than doubled from 8 to 17 percent from 2013 to 2014, and one in six drivers involved in fatal crashes in 2014 had recently used marijuana. Interesting. We'll keep an eye on that, and uh, we'll talk more undoubtedly about that issue and other uh, impairments while we drive here at KSL News Radio. Coming up in just a moment, uh, we had an individual that I really wanted to talk to regarding great places to visit in the state of Utah. Plus, we've had some really, really good suggestions, and yes, it was Union Pacific number 119, along with the Jupiter. And uh, it had totally escaped me. And I so appreciate the texter who said, hey, this would be a real good day to visit uh, Promontory Summit and the uh, the site out there of the driving of the Golden Spike because of reenactments on this most significant day. Because after all, it was May 10th of 1869. That's, that's really, you know, how we talk about B.C. and uh, you know, A.D., it's kind of that way with the history of the Intermountain West, but particularly the history of Utah. There is before May 10th of 1869, and then there is after May 10th of 1869, and the history of our great state changed dramatically 
on that uh, date. It's 1147. Let's go ahead and take a break. Plus, Jay McFarland will be joining us. And I understand later on this afternoon he's going to be talking more about Facebook and those stories that are trending. Yeah, we'll get into that again. The Doug Wright Show. Doug scores big time interviews on Utah's most important stories on KSL News Radio. We've been talking about some of the things that are absolute musts for this upcoming season. When we take off for a long weekend, whatever it is in the state of Utah, we have people here visiting, and this is the you've got to see this in the state. And it's on our Doug Wright Show Facebook page. It's also at KSL.com. They're doing the brackets on it. So we'll eventually, you know, whittle that down to the point where this is the best attraction in the state of Utah. And uh, a little while ago, Wally gave us a phone call. I wanted to chat with him uh, quickly. Okay, Wally, what is the best place to visit in the state of Utah? Oh, there are many wonderful places. I just sort of have a bucket list. And uh, one thing that I've have come within a few miles of and just haven't done that I really want to see is Calf Creek Falls down in the Escalante area. Boy, when yeah. when that was described earlier, I thought, man, i got to get there, too. Yeah, and uh, Hole in the Rock, and I've been there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, what you know, I talked to you once before when I was on my way to Eureka yeah. uh, and Trout Creek about our Rotary Dictionary Project. Sure, sure. Well, that has led me into finally saying, wow. I want to visit every town on the official Utah State roadmap. And uh, so the Dictionary Project has taken me to Anath and uh, LaSalle and you you name it, Trout Creek, uh, downtown Trout Creek. And uh, <laughs> Have you been to Grouse Creek? No, and that's, that's one uh, I've got to do. I do Grouse Creek and Park Valley and Yost. And I've somehow got to get to loose in. Yeah. And uh, so I have about <laughs> have about 15 or 20 towns left to go in the state. And it's going to happen this summer. You know, listening to you talk, Wally, reminds me of, of uh, a conversation with uh, our former governor, Olene Walker. And I remember Governor Walker once told me, and I think this was on the air, and she said, you know, Doug, I'm down now to the point where there are just a couple of Utah cities that I've never visited. And you just mentioned one of them, Wally, and it was Yoast. I'll never forget. Every time I hear somebody mention Yoast, I think of our former governor, Olene Walker, and her desire to go ahead and hit all of the uh, cities here in the state of Utah. Hey, Jay McFarland joins us right now, and I understand there's a little more unfolding around this story of, you know, the trending news stories or the trending things on Facebook. Are they really trending? Uh, sometimes. sometimes. Sometimes they're trending. Sometimes yes. they're not. Yeah. Uh, and I I kind of was under the impression that this was all just an algorithm, right? Some algorithm. That's that what says, I thought, too. Yeah. But when you think about it, if you just have an algorithm, there may be things trending that are not good, that they don't want to display on their page. So they interjected this panel of people, and they look at them, and they look for credibility. They look for whether or not it's news, because it says trending news. And so now there's a couple of people. They're anonymous. I'm doing the air quotes, Doug. Yes. Anonymous. Anonymous. Who used to work in this department who say that routinely they were told to leave out Things like Mitt Romney news, CPAC news, you know, all of these types of things. More conservative Republican type things. Yes, leave that stuff out. And the other thing it says they were told is that sometimes if there's not a lot of cool things trending, feel free to inject news stories Uh into the trending topics, those also of a more liberal nature. 
So Can we just flat make things up? Yeah, I think so. Okay. As long as they fit your politi- political agenda, that's Good. what news is today, right? Right. Forget the whole credibility thing. Yeah, and, you know, journalists, come on. Yeah. Uh, so the news out today is, first of all, Facebook is flat out denying it. They say that right. they seek for objectivity in all things. And now uh, members of the Senate saying they want a hearing. They want to have an investigation. I think ultimately Facebook owns their product. Can't they... Can they push this out the way they want to? They kind of do anything they want. Ultimately, I think they can. For me, the bigger concern is if you look at a lot of the uh, uh, polling out there, more and more people view Facebook as their only source of news. And that's bad in any – you trust any single organization, you're hurting yourself. This is coming up. Yes. We'll dive into it at 1235. Sounds good. Jay McFarlane with us here at KSL News Radio. That does it for today's Doug Wright Show. Thanks so much for being along. And tonight, when you go home, please make sure – that you hug the people you love. If you-